0: sent us a special man servant this morning in the person of Elder Shelton Kilby who is going to be focusing on what the Lord has given to him to share with us about worship and specifically music as it relates to worship and so I'd like to take this time to introduce to, to you now the man speaker of this morning. Shelton E. Kilby, the 2013 recipient of the Charles E. Winninger Award for Excellence is a pianist, composer, arranger, lecturer, and ordained minister. Born in Washington, DC, he first studied at Howard University Preparatory School of Music. As an accomplished (laughs) young musician, he trained privately at Idar Oberstein, Germany with Inga Murdoch. He later graduated from Atlantic Union College with a BA in religion with an emphasis in Old Testament and New Testament Jewish musical history and did graduate work at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary He earned an MA degree in Creativity Studies with an emphasis in 18th and 19th century American music at Union Institute and University. Elder Kilby has provided the music for many Seventh-day Adventist (laughs) television ministries over the years, including Breath of Life, for which he composed the creation theme and the words and music for the song, The Hill. He also arranged the instrumental and vocal music heard on the program and recordings. He has to his credit more than a dozen albums and CDs and his latest project, Beyond Borders, was released in spring 2013. Elder Kilby recently served as professor of music and culture, general music and music composition at Wilberforce University. He is currently transitioning to La Sierra University in Riverside, California, where he serves as associate professor of biblical arts in the HMS Richards Divinity School. And after our next special music by Sister Barbara Hunley and her son, Leslie Hunley, we'll be blessed to hear from our pastor, Elder Shelton Kilby.
1: Us he would be a counselor, a mighty God and a prince of peace. He promised us that he would be a father, and he would love us with a love that would not cease. and me
2: church say amen again amen. I confess to you that when I look at Dr. and Dr. Hundley and think about how God has blessed them with 61 years I need to quit my job and go to their workshop. (laughs) Because they know something a lot of us don't know. In fact, I need you to excuse me a little bit. I, I, uh, before they had the handsome sons they have now, I remember when they were courting, I was a little guy, but I knew they were courting. And um, I couldn't articulate that special something that I saw. But today at my age, which I'm not gonna tell you, um, it's still special. I love them both. And I thank you for the examples that you've set for many of us. This weekend has been labeled Music Ministry Day. And on yesterday evening, we had a wonderful time speaking within the trilogy of Christian worship. Yesterday evening was entitled Christian Worship, What Is It? Today we are speaking on Christian worshipers, Who Are They? And on this evening, we will speak on Christian worshiping, where is it? The message will not be the, temple, the typical traditional kind of preaching. Some seconds we'll be teaching, sometimes we'll be preaching, other times we'll just be talking. And because this is the divine hour or the 11 o'clock hour, this particular message is not about music. It is about the context of music in worship. But our worship is about Jesus Christ. Would you say amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn please to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, and we want to read verses 1 through 6, Ephesians chapter 4, reading verses 1 through 6. When you have it, not before you have it, but when you have it, would you say amen? Amen. In fact, I'm going to ask you to stand. Uh, This is not a tradition we see very much in our church, but when we're handling the word of God, we stand when we read the scripture. Please stand, the congregation. Thank you. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called with all lowliness and gentleness with long-suffering bearing one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace there is one body and one spirit just as you were called in one hope of your calling one Lord one faith one baptism one God and Father of all who is above all and is through all and in you all would you please say amen Amen. let us pray holy spirit descend in this place take up residence in this body and glorify yourself is our prayer in jesus name amen I am completely and unabashedly or in, non, unembarrassed, compelled to reiterate the importance of the number one. Considering that when I was learning my timetables during my elementary school years, I was taught by my mother and father along with my homeroom school teacher that my success in learning my timetables would depend solely on my ability to understand and interject the importance of one. I can hear my mother's contralto voice in cadence with measured and stressed accents empowered by her urgency for excellence, saying, Son, one times one equals one. One times two equals two, and so on. Of course, I wanted to hasten my time to go out and play and hang out with my buddies by taking the easy way out and skipping the table of ones by jumping to the higher tables like my fives, six, sevens, eights, and nines. If I could establish a distinction in my ability to recite the higher timetables as a quick learner, I would be seen by the teacher as the class, and the class, as being special and far ahead of everyone else. Perhaps, the teacher's favorite student. What I did not know was the fact that the power of one is an indispensable necessity. But not just necessary. It is imperative, vital, crucial, and necessary to progress, movement, Determination, advancement, increase, and expansion. Even heaven rejoices over the repentance of one sinner. For one is the only number that is complete within itself, it promises favorable increases. I argue that one. And or oneness is the only means of being a part of the body of Jesus Christ. It is the password, which is my subject by the way, to advancement within the mathematical domain. However, I see one as the password for access to all universal believers of Jesus Christ or those who want to be a part. Of the body of believers. The Apostle Paul speaks with clarity there is one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of us all. Paul's message to the Ephesians embodies the doctrine of members in the body of Christ and their behavior towards one another. Paul's assertion is not an idle orthodoxy predicated on sectarian arrogance or doctrinal superiority. But he does build his theology of oneness on the continuum that was established and created in the prayer of Jesus Christ. When he said, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved me, love them as you have loved me. John 17 verses 1 through 23. Paul's on, Paul encores John's reported prayer of oneness by Jesus Christ himself. He projects unknowingly the oneness with future intent. Uh, perhaps a religio-physical approach. Better still, it is an analysis of the same in comparison with the tenets of biblical authority. This Paul does with theological certainty. He audaciously enunciates the influence and the confluence and the fluency through oneness without fear of synchronizing, of the synchronizing of the oneness in the body of believers. I see Paul as creating a password of oneness that promises increase and expansion. Consider, Wikipedia says that a password is a word or a string of characters used for user authentication to prove identity or access approval to gain access to a resource. Paul's password of oneness prefaces every character within the body of Christ, signifying the permanence of one body, operating as a whole unit. Jesus and Paul place great emphasis in this body, this wholeness, this unit which is identified in its oneness. Would you say amen? That oneness again is one Lord, one faith. And one baptism. But what of this oneness? What of this body ensemble? Walt Whitman, writing on the substance of feeling, declared that the Civil War was about the body. He said, The crime of the Confederacy, Whitman believed, was treating blacks as nothing but flesh, selling them and buying them like pieces of meat. Whitman's revelation, which he had for the first time at a New Orleans slave auction, was the body and mind that the body and mind are inseparable. To whip a man's body, he believed, was to whip a man's soul. But Whitman's central poetic pronouncement was we do not have a body, we are a body. Would you say, Amen? The body is a community of individual parts intended to be and function in unity. We do not have a body. We are a body. And maybe I need to pause right here to say that with all of our orthodoxy and all of our preferences, if we are separate in our worshiping, God is not a part of that. God is a God of unity. And he made a variety of species. He's given us different types of music. And if you are so holy in your orthodoxy that you cannot associate with those who sing a music that perhaps you don't like, then you are outside of the body. Because when you're inside of the body, there are different units and different varieties that have role and function. Would you say amen? Amen. We do not have a body, we are a body of physical and spiritual material. Physically, we have one heart, one pair of lungs, one liver, one pair of ears embodied in one physical body. Spiritually, Spiritually, we have gifts in the forms of apostles, some prophets some evangelists, and some pastors. The body ensemble suggests vividly that many entities within the body are consigned to each other in role and function that guarantees expansion. As long as the ensemble follows the head of the body, Jesus Christ, by accessing the body through the password of one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and not the username, every part will function within the prescribed destiny of God's natural selection. Somebody else ought to say amen. The church denominational name is only the username. It is never to take the place of the password. You didn't get that. The the, 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 the username says who you are but it doesn't give you access what gives you access is one l one lord one f one father or one faith and one b one baptism the denominational name again only identifies the particular function of the organ or the organization however It is the password of one Lord, one faith, and one baptism that guarantees expansion and increase through Jesus Christ our Lord. When the entire body of Christ works together through the direction of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. Jesus did not pray that the world may know the church denomination by name. Nor did he ask his father that the church denominations would be as one and he is as he and the father are. But he prayed that his disciples and his believers who would follow would be one as he and his father are one. The lingering question How will the members of this body conduct themselves with each other? That brings us to the body loop. The world we live in is round. The roundness suggests to me that it is formed in a circle that is actually circumferential or the distance around something. In other words, it is looped. When something is looped, it tells us that there is is, or will be a journey or a movement that starts and finishes in the same place. Somebody ought to say. Amen. The racetrack is circumferential. It starts in one place and ends in the same. The earth is circumferential. The body is circumferential. The apple, the orange, the tomato, and the potato are circumferential. And so is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Our bodies are circumferential, they are looped. But what we consume physically or spiritually will start and end at the same place. God's physical creation in Genesis and his spiritual creation in John is a parallel journey which promises the presence of the loop. Our circulatory system is a movement of life that starts and finishes at the same place. Now, we got some doctors here, and Dr. and Dr. Hundley, I'm getting out of my lane, but I want you to know that I tried to research this as best I could, so don't be too hard on me. But when we talk about the cardiovascular system, we developed in our mother's womb at birth, but our spiritual lives were developed at Calvary when Jesus shed his blood for our rebirth. Our digestive system was developed so that we could participate in the process of breaking down our food to be used by the body. But our spiritual digestive system was developed by the apostles so that we could participate in the process of breaking down our spiritual food to be used by the spiritual body. The nervous system was developed to transmit nerve impulses in anticipation of some important or future event. Our prophets and prophecy were developed to transmit spiritual impulses in anticipation of some important future event. Our endocrine system secretes hormones into the blood and the body, but our evangelists secrete or discharge doctrinal impulses into the spiritual body. Our reproductive system relating to male and female procreation. Male and female pastors in a procreating people as a procreating people into the body of Christ. The aforementioned status of God's physical and spiritual creativity in the bodily human context will produce and exceed human imagination, expansion, and increase. If those who believe will remember not the username... Only but the past word, would you say amen? amen? James F White in his book Introduction to Christian Worship writes, and I quote, Luther says that in worship the people assemble to hear and discuss the word and then praise God with song and with prayer. Thus worship has a duality, for it is revelation and response. Both of them empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you are worshiping so strong you can't say amen, (coughs) something's wrong. I told the folks last night when time comes to meditate, we ought to get quiet. When time comes to celebrate, we need to call some, reverber- call some reverber- reverberation. The problem is we don't know when to celebrate and when to meditate. And the scriptures tell us that in this process, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, that meditation precedes celebration and celebration precedes consecration after we finish shouting and hopping benches on being funny and foaming at the mouth and sweating, if we go out of here the same way we were when we came in, something's wrong. Yeah. The only time you can shout is when you've had an experience. When God brings you through something and you know that a miracle has been performed then you can shout. And by the way, the Holy Spirit will not be contained. He's the one that says when to clap and when to pat your feet and when to wave your hands. By the way, Paul said, I would that all holy men and women would wave holy hands. But what happens is we get... We get the username mixed up with the password. Because we don't want to look like other folks. Y'all not hearing me this morning. See, we're Seventh-day Adventists. We don't want to look like the Baptists. The Baptists don't want to look like the Methodists. The Methodists don't want to look like the Presbyterians. But my scripture tells me that everybody that utters the name of Jesus is a part of the body of Christ. (laughs) Mighty quiet. Longevity means long life. Long life suggests good genes or genealogy. Good genealogy is promoted by proper nutrition and in this case proper nurture if the password is used for continued accessibility to the body. How does this look? How can this body nurture and nourish itself? I would suggest to you it is through bodily edification. Every member of the body is charged to edify the body by replenishing, sharing, uplifting, and advancing growth of the body as in unity and diversity. How often we as Seventh-day Adventists recite with great sectarian pride. Revelation 14, 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth. To every nation, tribe, tongue and people saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, And the springs of water. And yet, we forget that if every nation, kindred, tongue, and people accepts the gospel of Jesus Christ, then every nation, kindred, tongue, and people has the right to reply to God's global love from every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Would you say, Amen? Edification of the body is incomplete without recognition of culture and or cultural and ethnological response Now let's go to school just a little bit When we talk about culture, we're speaking of learned and shared values beliefs and behaviors of an interacting group of people What we forget is before you have culture, we have a cult. We have people, many of us, uh, our forefathers, who've gotten off the boat, and they bring not so polished behavior, but their praise and their worship is to God. And as that is refined through the generations, then it becomes culture because it is shared. And then there is this intercultural communication where we have cultures that interact with each other. And then we have ethnicity, ethnic groups, people whose origins are the same. Some Africanized, some Asian, some European. But God created all of these folks. And what a shame it is. Now you're not going to like what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyhow. It is a shame in 2014 that the most segregated place on Sunday morning and sometimes Sabbath morning is the church. It's not because of doctrine, it's because of style of worship. But let this ground underneath my feet begin to move. And the seams in the wall begin to part. And cars go up from the ground and turn over. You will have every kind of hue in this place. Because when... We lose all of the masking somebody talked about this morning and all of the material things that make us look important. And we don't have anybody but each other. Oh yeah, we'll we'll learn to worship together. Take some time and go back to the history book and you will find the reason we have so many denominations today is because of the style of worship. someone said a house divided against itself will not stand. Paul was right. He was right about the body. The question of how to to conjure edification persist how do we as Christians deal with the particular culture of subculture that, or subculture that is different from our personal, collective or sectarian perspectives let's consider music gospel music versus hymns I told some young people in a class of mine when I was the world before I said all of these songs that you all sing are cute but when my time comes on the bed I won't remember these new songs you're singing but I'm going to remember Amazing Grace I'm going to remember that's why I love him because those hymns have stood the test of time and and I want to say something else just bear with me please This whole idea that classical music is white music. You all know I was going there. And gospel music is black music. It's a bunch of foolishness. Most of us that sing gospel don't even know the gospel. And whenever we get to the place where we have a gospel choir, uh uh-oh, we have an anthem choir, we got a hymn choir, something's wrong. Because the statement you're making is we don't want to sing nothing but gospel. We don't want to sing anything but anthems. We don't want to sing anything but hymns. God Pardon my bad English, ain't in that. He is not in that. Because the body of Christ, he didn't say we have to like these different types of music. But let's remember, folks, God is the audience, we are the congregation. We are not the audience. You didn't hear what I said. If you really believe that God was here, our conduct would be different. Because my Bible tells me you can't be in the presence of God without some kind of change, even physical. Daniel fell out. Spirituals versus gospel. You got black folks today don't want to sing spirituals, they just want to sing gospel. Because, see, you, can't sh- you can shout a spiritual, but you can't sing that out of pitch. You got to be singing a spiritual. So, you can yell gospel. I mean, no harm, gospel people. Okay. In fact, all you need is to wave your hand and have, have a nice, what do they call it, a, a, a nice beat, and you're on. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody, but I, I need for you to understand that you can't get the gospel music until you get to the spiritual. When you get to the spiritual, then you begin to rehearse And look at how God brought people across the Atlantic. And at the time of slavery, when the whip of tyranny was on their back, they were able to eke out a song and put together a broken theology. That's why the old slave said, did my Lord deliver Daniel? Well, if he did it for Daniel, he can do it for me. European classical music versus African-American classical music. East Indian classical versus African-American classical music. Jazz versus blues. I know it's quiet now. (laughs) It's hard for me to understand how Black folks can call jazz the devil's music. I told you we were going to have a little class here tonight. When that jig they did or played is what helped them to get between Saturday and Sunday. So they could make it Monday through Friday. The worst spanking I ever got when I was a kid, uh, Dr. Hundley, was that I bluesed up a spiritual. <laughs> my, mother, my, my mother had these hickory switches and all I know was that something landed on my fingers and she said, boy, don't you be bluesing up that spiritual. Well, she didn't know that the only difference between the blues and the spiritual is the words. Both of them are blues. So how do we deal with theological, culinary, artistic, scientific, ethnic, or cultural differences? I contend, brothers and sisters, and I argue The arbiter in all of this is not denominational, democratic, or republican. It is not white or black. But it is within the realm and the reality of one. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. We no longer have to ask God to make us one. We are one. Until we can move from our infatuation with our exaggerated sense of importance and our exaggerated infatuation with our usernames to our God-given password of one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, we will not have access to the head of the body, Jesus Christ, or the body of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk That means to ambulate worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness with long suffering bearing with one another endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. I contend that since we have a password that gives us access to one God who is above all and through all And in you all that the world may know today at this very moment that we are one by our personal, collective, sectarian, political, cultural, ethnic, and Christian outreach. May the Lord bless us as we travel through the rest of this day and this week. Understanding that every person, every individual on this globe is important. Amen. 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 And by the way, the body of Christ, if anybody is worship, somebody said to me the other day, well, you know, you know that the certain groups, these Muslims and whatnot, these folks that don't accept Jesus Christ, they can't get to heaven. I said, and what cross did you hang on? And the reason I had to ask that is because before Jesus Christ came as a babe, Abraham was blessed. And Hagar was blessed. So we have to be very careful in our organized sectarian thought not to take it upon ourselves to separate people and put people out because they don't think the way we do. This evening when we have our lecture, we will talk about the book ending. We are book-ended between the song of Moses and the song that will be sung around the great white throne. But in the meantime, the body of Christ uh, has to be helped, it has to be healed so when that time comes God can be glorified because he is the one who deserves the glory as I leave you reset your password reset your password there's no such thing as Baptist music or Adventist music or Presbyterian music because music is not Baptist and it's not Presbyterian Music is music. Reset your password.
3: Can you say amen again? we brought Dr. Kilby here today because we realize one of the divisions we have in this church sometime is music it's not a division of our own i believe but it's a division of the enemy every and any time he can find an angle to divide us, he will. And sometimes in this church, it is true music. Let me tell you how. Young people don't want to be around if we're singing hymns necessarily, because the hymns are not what you're accustomed to. And sometimes adults don't want to be around if there's too much gospel and it's too contemporary it's not what we grew up with amen and sometimes we don't say it but we sit there and all types of things are going on in our minds about i can't believe that this is what they're doing here up in the church and so we begin to judge and as we judge as we sit oneness goes out the door and as the pastor said so eloquently, we now are sitting trying to get in access, but we have the wrong password. Because we don't have the oneness that we need to access. And so we have gathered together. And even though the Lord says we're two or three are gathered in his name. When we have the vision, the Holy Spirit cannot be pour it out upon us like the Lord wants to pour it out upon us, and the devil is sitting somewhere just laughing, saying they look good, they're sitting there, but they have no power because we have no oneness. I don't like all the same kind of music that you do, and I know you don't like all the same kind of music that I do, Amen. But because I want oneness in the body, I'm going to listen to it. And if the words are right, the beat may be different. But if it's about Him, by God's grace, I want to be able to praise Him. I want to praise Him because you know what? I want Jesus to come. And when he comes, I want you in the number, and I want me in the number. And I just want to make an appeal today that some of the stereotypical feelings and beliefs that we have about music that gets in the place of oneness, that by God's grace, sometimes I just have to leave church and I just have to say, you know what, this is God's business, not my business, amen? Sometimes a decision is made I don't agree with it but I just have to say this is God's business Amen And I just believe that God can control and take care of his business without me Amen It don't always have to be what I think it should be God is on the throne and at the end of the day it is his business and He's able to take care of his business Do you believe that? do you believe that back there? Yeah. Let's just stand. I want to just make an appeal today. That in our hearts and in our minds, that whatever gets in the place of the password, even if it doesn't line up with what we grew up with, that by God's grace, he'll give us the ability to value diversity. Amen? God is a God of diversity. Yes, he is. If you look at the flowers and the roses, they're all different. He's a God of diversity. Yes. And until you get to heaven and he tells you, you know what? I didn't like the fact that Brother Fanch sung that song in B-flat. And Sister Brown was singing in C. Till he tells you that, you let, it, you let it be his, right? You just say, hey, let's just praise God. Let us praise him together. Can we do that? It is, that is that your desire? It is my desire. It is my desire. Father, we thank you for bringing this manservant today. Who so eloquently let us know that we can be here all together. Seventh-day Adventist, abundant life, Seventh-day Adventist church. But if we come and we're divided, when we come and leave divided, that we did not access you because we didn't allow the part, the password of oneness to be in our midst that's not what we want lord and it is such a terrible witness to those around us when they see and understand and sense that we're divided so lord we just consecrate ourselves to you today we ask lord that you will give us Give us the ability, Lord, to have the diversity, the value of the diversity, the difference, Lord, the difference that we experience in your church, the difference in the style of worship, the difference in the style of music, the difference in the style of preaching, and that will keep our eyes focused upon you. We now, Lord, look to Elder Harrison as she give us the benediction. In Jesus' name, amen. Bow your heads again, please. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just praise your holy name. We thank you again for a word from upon high. We thank you for each and every person that's here, each family that's represented. Lord, be with us as we go from this place and never from your presence. Please help us to keep the value of one and our eyes on you in unity. In your precious son's name we pray, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.